Hey guys, it's Simmy and this is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Monday, and tonight was Monday Night Raw. More specifically, the Raw after WrestleMania. And all I'm going to say before we get Luke's thoughts on everything that went down over the last couple of days is, what was that that we saw tonight? That show just felt so odd, so weird, so different than what we have come accustomed to over the last couple of months to the point where it's like, I don't want to be one of these people saying it, but how much input did Vince have in this show? Cause it felt like a lot. It felt like a lot, but we've got Luke with us. We didn't have Luke over the weekend. So before I asked Luke, what he thought of raw Luke, what did you think of WrestleMania? What night did you like better? And what was your favorite match of the weekend? I thought WrestleMania was fan freaking tastic. And, as far as my favorite match does go, I'm going to have to go with the tag team match, that main event night one. I thought that match was awesome. Like, it, the ending was, like, so good. The match was, like, so well. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with that one. That was mine as well, the, the main event of night one. I liked it just a tiny bit better than Cody Roman. Yeah. I agree with that one. So now as the, far as Raw tonight, go for it. <clears throat> as far as Raw tonight, it was a very interesting show. I felt like it was a little like overhyped because they were trying to make it seem like, oh, like something big is going to happen tonight. But, but here's the thing I with, just felt like go for it. It was, for it. Oh, it was a little overhyped though. I feel like it was overhyped than what it should be. But by who? Not WWE. That's the thing. WWE. Just by like everybody else though. Right, fans hyped it up because of what we've come accustomed to the Raw after the Raw after WrestleMania is supposed to be this. It's supposed to be a bunch of returns, maybe a debut, big action and surprises, and we didn't get any of that, but to WWE's credit, they didn't announce a single thing until seven minutes before the show went on the air. So they hyped up nothing, if I'm going to be completely honest. The only thing they announced seven minutes before the show went on the air, and they didn't even put it on social media. If you were already watching the USA Network, and so what they do every week is about 10 to seven minutes before the show goes on the air, and they're doing the final commercials of the show before Raw, they'll pop in live from Raw and say, hey, it's... Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick, we're here in the such and such arena. And coming up at the top of the hour is Monday Night Raw. We have this, this, and this to expect. And then they go back into the last five minutes of Law and Order or whatever it is. And so tonight, all they said was, Roman's still the champion. And by the way, Triple H is kicking off the show. That's it. They didn't put it on social media. They didn't put it anywhere but in the final commercial block on the USA Network before Raw went on the air. And they did announce one thing on social media about an hour before Raw went on the air, maybe a little less than an hour. They said, hey, by the way, the first hour tonight, commercial free. Other than that, they said nothing. So, I mean, I get being disappointed because we're supposed to think that the Raw after WrestleMania is the big Raw, the best Raw, the greatest Raw of the year. Honestly, it's the worst Raw we saw all year so far, if I'm going to be completely honest, would you say? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that one. So, and as far as everybody saying, oh, 
Vince ran this show. Vince was in charge. Vince booked it. Vince this, Vince that. We know Vince was backstage. We know Vince was there. We know at least at the start of the show when Triple H came out, Vince was in Gorilla. That was put out by Fightful. And they said that they weren't sure if he was sticking around for the entire show or not. And they haven't put anything out since other than Triple H came out and Vince was there in Gorilla at the start of the show. But I don't know how much input he had. I don't know what he did or did not book on tonight's show. It felt like a Vince show, but I'm not going to be one of these people jumping to assumptions before we know anything of Vince booked the show. We've gone to hell. Oh, the ship has sailed now. So uh, that's all I'm going to say. There were a couple other late minute changes going into the show. There were supposed to be two triple threat, two um, triple threat number one contender matches for Bianca's belt. And those matches were both scrapped. And instead, we ended up getting Omos versus Elias added last minute. And the women's tag team title number one contender match was a last-minute change. Another last-minute change. Bailey was supposed to come out with damage control. And I don't know how much before, but not long before the match, they told Bailey, you're not going out there. So that was another change. This has all been reported by Fightful. I want to give them credit for it. So, yeah. Um, just saying. And then with everyone bitching and moaning that this felt like a Vince show and that Vince might be in charge, Brian Alvarez sent out a tweet after Raw and went, hey, I told you guys. I told you so. Because he said this morning after the Vince news broke with the not sale but merger, because it's not really a full sale, but with the merger, he goes, Vince about to have a lot more control than we think. So I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon yet. Because the facts all haven't come out yet on if Vince is the one that booked this show. But I will say it did feel like an early 2022 show before Triple H did take over. But with that, guys, I do want to say thank you if you are watching us live. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. If you are watching live. I do want to say thank you, whether that's on Twitch or YouTube. If you're watching live on YouTube, you can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to anybody's Amazon Prime account, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it only gives you and it gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did so right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also want to shout out the new NCAA Men's Basketball National Champions, UConn, just beat San Diego State. Also, remember, you can support us over on YouTube by becoming a channel member. Become a channel member, get early access news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, you can use our code right down here, PWUnlimited at checkout. You will, you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Go get the new season of Fortnite, the Battle Pass. Been out for a couple of weeks. Maybe you haven't got it yet. Go buy Last of Us Part 1 on PC on the Epic Game Store. Great game. Use code P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout to support us there. As far as Raw itself does go, 
as we stated already, Raw did kick off with Triple H opening up the show. So they welcomed us in, and then out comes Triple H. Now, in the past, when Triple H would come out, they would usually announce him as a COO or chief content officer. But for some reason, Mike Romoli said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome WWE Hall of Famer Triple H. But then when the lower third popped up on the screen, it did say WWE Chief Content Officer Paul Triple H Levesque. So, not too much to look into there. So Triple H comes out, and he spoke about the great weekend that was 40 years in the making just about. He said this all started with one man's vision of WrestleMania, and then it went all the way to WrestleMania 30. He said one man's vision of WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden, all the way to this past weekend in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. Triple H, Triple H then thanked everybody that helped put this show on. Everybody in the back, whether those are superstars, whether those are stage hands and staff and cameras, and just anybody that had a hand in putting this show together. He thanked them. He also said, no matter how many times I saw the drawings and the renders and the construction photos and videos after it was done, that stage blew me away when I finally got there and saw it live in person. And that's what I saw a lot of people say was that was a great looking stage and that photos and video on TV and online didn't do it justice. It looked so cool and so awesome live in person. He then said that none of this would be possible without the WWE Universe, and he especially wanted to thank them. He then mentioned that WWE, well, they've been dominating the news and the talk on social media all day. It's the only thing people have been talking about. And I go, that ain't true. You ain't the only thing. Maybe not even the biggest thing. He said, and I do want to let you guys know, no matter what happens, we ain't going nowhere. Just like it says at the start of every show, then, now, forever, Together. Well, actually, he said, we are WWE, then, now, together, forever. A little disappointed he didn't do it in the same way he used to do the NXT one, where he goes, we are NXT. He just said, we are the WWE. So it's like, oh, he didn't even have the passion he used to. Very Interesting, because he did that. He said, we're WWE, we're not going anywhere, this and that. And he hypes up the crowd huge, where everybody in the Crypto.com arenas going wild, right? And in that same moment, he then takes them all back down to pissed off when he goes, now, I would like to have you guys help me acknowledge for 900 and something, something odd days, the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns, and this place Booze so loud for Roman. So it's like, in one instant, in one moment, rah, rah, everything good, nothing's changing, it's the same show you've been watching, which it wasn't. And then in that same moment also, it's, oh, now I'm going to piss you guys off because I am going to bring out Roman. I am going to acknowledge Roman, and I want you guys to acknowledge Roman as well. As Triple H is leaving, Roman comes out on the stage with Solo and Paul. He shakes Roman's hand. Goes to the back, Roman comes to the ring. What do you think of Triple H's speech and the open of Raw? I thought it was also kind of funny that like he was hyping up the crowd so much, and then he's like, All right, now it's time to acknowledge him. And everybody's like, Oh, you jerk, you really right? guys hyped up for that. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah. Like I wasn't upset about it. I just I just thought it was funny. I just 
I, and I laughed to it. Yeah, I wasn't upset either. It's like, hey, it's what they do. It's what they're going to do. It's, it's a funny moment, like you said. So, Roman Reigns comes out. He's got both belts. He's got Pyro. He's got Solo. He's got um, Heyman. Now, there were some people happy to see Roman Reigns, like O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson Jr., because every time they showed him when Roman was coming out, they'd do like the pan behind commentary, and he was going crazy for Roman every single time. So there was at least one person happy for Roman there, but most people didn't seem happy that Roman came out after what happened last night. Roman proudly took a victory lap around the ring as the crowd started chanting, Roman sucks, Roman sucks, Roman sucks. Roman then said, Hollywood, acknowledge me. And there were some cheers here, more boos, but a mixture of cheers and boos. Before Roman can say another word, though, out comes Cody Rhodes. Cody makes his way out to the ring. The road starts with, I know what I want to talk about. Rhodes said that today turned out differently than he thought it would and differently than a lot of people thought as well. Rhodes thought that he would be standing here right now as the Universal Heavyweight Champion. Rhodes said that Reigns was, well, the better competitor last night. Rhodes essentially said that he wished Solo wasn't a factor because, well, I had you beat. I had you beat. And the first thing I thought there was, oh, he just watched Fast and the Furious. That's that Brian O'Connor line. I had you beat. So the crowd cheers when he says, I had you beat. Uh, Rhodes had one final word in mind, though. Rematch. Rhodes asked for a rematch. And Roman kind of just looked at him like, are you stupid? Heyman then asked for the mic. He looks at Roman. Roman shakes his head no. And Heyman tells him, you ain't getting a rematch. Rhodes then immediately says, oh, I'm not asking for tonight, though. He goes, but if you want to do something tonight, how about we do a tag team match? You and Solo against me and a partner of my choosing. And that was before or after Paul had said, you're not getting a rematch tonight. You're not getting one in Puerto Rico. You're not getting one at SummerSlam. You're not getting one at the Royal Rumble ever. So they do the whole, let's do a tag match. And Reigns didn't seem like he wanted to do it, but Heyman was like, okay, we can accept this, but there are some conditions. First off, it's got to be somebody in the locker room stupid enough to want to team with you against the Roman against the tribal chief. Somebody that worked WrestleMania this past weekend. Final condition. Whoever comes out, well, they will never get a shot at Roman Reigns and the championships in the future. Before Cody can do anything, before he can say anything, he looked a little upset by the steps, but before he can do or say anything, Brock Lesnar's music would hit. Brock would make his way out to the ring. Brock would get in the ring, not say anything, but seemingly acknowledged Cody. They shook hands and this and that. And basically without, again, saying any words was like, I'll be your partner. I'll team with you tonight. Crowd was loving it. And they also chanted, you fucked up at the heels. Also on commentary, they did let us know that that final stipulation of you can't get a title shot. Well, that doesn't apply to Brock because Brock's already not getting a title shot. They already said at SummerSlam that if Brock couldn't have beat Roman, which he didn't, he won't get another shot against Roman. So, yeah. Cody and Brock versus Roman and Solo was the advertised main event. 
going like right when they said like it has to be someone who worked summer saying yep like when i was thinking that i was like who the heck is gonna team with cody For some reason i thought seth full circle yeah right when they right when cody said like a partner in my choosing for some reason, it made me think Randy Orton. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been. That would have been nice if he was ready to go. Now, according to Fightful, at one point throughout the day, there was supposed to be a backstage segment with Cody on the phone. Like he was trying to call somebody to be his partner. I don't know. But that's what Fightful had reported before Raw. Like 30 minutes before Raw, on the run sheet was Cody Rhodes was supposed to be seen talking to somebody on his phone. Obviously, that was changed, and he didn't ask anybody to be his partner. Brock came out. So this ends, and we're about 30 minutes into the show after this segment. Now, on the original run sheet, let me pull this up so I get it correct, because this match, Omos and Elias, was not actually listed on the original run sheet for tonight's Raw. It was, and again, this all does come from Fightful. Do you want to give them the credit? Um, oh, I have it. Nope, I have it on my phone. But I can pull it up here through my phone. The original run sheet did say that this match was supposed to be a woman's match. It was supposed to be a woman's match. This match, this slot was originally supposed to be a top contenders tournament match. Liv Morgan, Dakota Kai, and Piper Niven. There was also supposed to be another one of these with then the winners of those two triple threats facing off next week become the new number one contender for Bianca, but those never happened. So instead, we got what? A minute and a half Omos Elias match? Tree slam, crowd hated it, and it was over. That was it. Nothing. Yeah, there. Nothing. There really wasn't like anything to this match. And like for night two of Mania, when they had like Brock and Omos, like, like open up the show. Like I've already seen people like tweeting like like man, night two already sucks. Like the opening already sucks. Well, the opening wasn't really all that great because they probably just wanted to get Brock and Omos just out of the way so they can just focus on the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, like it's just how it is. I thought Brock and Omos for what it was was fine. I didn't hate it. I honestly I liked it better than the woman's showcase. I mean, I didn't really have any high expectations for it. Me neither. I thought it was just it was I thought it was just one of those matches that didn't really need to last more than like three minutes. It went for it went four minutes and fifty-five seconds, I think. Which was four minutes and twelve seconds. No, four minutes and fifteen seconds longer than the match almost had tonight. We go to the back and Jimmy and Jay are there. Man. So between SmackDown and Raw, how cool does backstage at the damn Crypto.com Arena look with like all the cool lighting that they have on all the different like it just it looks really cool backstage. Like we've seen a lot of areas of it between SmackDown and Raw and the Hall of Fame this last couple of days. And backstage looks really cool. But regardless, like the locker room areas. So Jimmy and Jay are there and they knock on Roman's door and Heyman comes out. He seems happy to see them. Calls them the greatest tag team of all time. And they're like, hey, we want to see Roman. Heyman's like, yeah. Heyman suggests that they have an early night. 
They leave. They go get on the jet, have some seafood, and Roman would join them after the show. Not sure why they kicked out the Usos. Not sure what's going on there. Very weird. They didn't even speak with Roman. Because then later, Roman's just like, you tell the Usos to go home? So I don't know. But Roman did tell them, I took care. Oh, no. So, yeah, after this, this is when he asked them, you tell them to leave. And he's like, they've gone to the jet. I took care of it, my tribal chief. So, odd. They had the Usos there and on the show briefly, but then just sent him away. I didn't understand that at all. Maybe they're going to do something with, like, Roman and Jay, like, at one of the pay-per-views. Maybe. <laughs> what if they go, like, like, why the heck did you guys lose that mania? You, you don't see me without my gold. And Jay gets all pissed off, and then maybe they do, like, Roman versus Jay again. I like one of the, maybe at Saudi. Maybe, because I honestly thought they were going to do something like that tonight. Like, maybe Roman doesn't, like, super get in on them, but it's like, hey. I'm here for the family retaining my belts. You guys didn't retain yours. I honestly thought we were going to get a Roman, you guys need to reprove yourself kind of pep talk thing tonight. But we didn't. We got nothing with the Usos and Roman. Maybe. Or they could go the route of like, but you guys made up for it by helping me retain my belts at Mania. True. We still have SmackDown because technically they're more SmackDown wrestlers than Raw. So we'll see what happens on SmackDown this Friday. And also, like, Roman's, like, technically, like, a SmackDown wrestler. Exactly. So, they'll probably just do something there. Yeah. Um, Johnson740 in the Twitch chat says, maybe he's punishing them for losing. Punishing them by giving them the night off and saying, go eat some seafood? That ain't a punishment, bud. Giving them the night off. Anyways, they are Hall of Fame clips and showed headlines from various different outlets about WrestleMania's success. Kathy Kelly then interviewed Bad Bunny sitting ringside. Bunny said hello to the crowd in L.A. and told Kelly that he's happy to be hosting Backlash in his home island of Puerto Rico. He said that he was uh, he will enjoy Raw only as a fan here tonight. He then said, see you in Puerto Rico. So right there when he said, I'm going to enjoy as a fan, I knew that was the moment when they were telling us Bad Bunny getting involved in this show tonight. And then, as Bad Bunny's sitting down, Rey Mysterio's music hits. And for some reason, Kathy Kelly got the most confused look on her face when Rey's music hit. I don't know why, but she got like a, huh? When Rey's music hit, so I don't know. But Rey did come out. Maybe maybe she wasn't really told that Rey was supposed to come out. Maybe. Because like I said, like, this is probably like a lot of last minute stuff. So maybe like she wasn't really told that Rey was supposed to come out. So maybe she had that, that's why she had that confused look on her face. Very, very possible. Because, like, honestly, for all we know, maybe she was expecting something else. Or maybe she knew Ray was supposed to come out during the next segment and was expecting something else before Ray. Like, something may have got switched around or changed that she wasn't aware of. So, Ray said it's been an emotional week and mentioned being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And now, speaking on that, when was the last time we saw somebody go into the Hall of Fame and... Three days later, still wrestling like he's just a normal member of the roster. Full time. Don't count Goldberg. Ric Flair, maybe? No, Rick had one last match. And we all knew about that because it was already announced of the match with Sean. But the question is, when was the last time 
somebody as an active roster member on the road every week, not like somebody that's a part-timer, not like somebody that comes back once or twice a year if that. I don't think it's ever happened in WWE that somebody on the road every week doing multiple matches a week, sometimes even working the live events, goes into the Hall of Fame. Maybe Ray told them, hey, this is my last contract. I have a couple more years and then I'm going to retire. And so they're like, oh, well, we ain't going back to California anytime soon, so we need to get you in now. That's the only thing I can think of is they don't expect to be back in California anytime soon before Ray will retire. And so they wanted to do it as close to his hometown as possible. Probably. Or maybe like, I don't know. I was thinking more like they put him in the Hall of Fame and he'd work like a lighter schedule where he would only work like premium live events. I mean, it's possible, but then he worked Raw tonight against Austin Theory. He just had a regular, I'm a normal guy on the roster match. So... Ray said that, you know, going in the Hall of Fame was great. Crowd chanted, you deserve it. He said that he was there because of these fans, because of the fans that have always been behind him. Ray said he wanted to thank the WWE Universe for welcoming him here with open arms. He also thanked Bad Bunny. This is when he was interrupted by Austin Theory. Theory said that Ray deserved respect because there was only one, uh, they, were, uh, they were the only ones who did what they said they would. He and Theory said they'd both win and they both won. He said, Ray beat the product of his own bad parenting while Theory beat a legend. Crowd started chanting for Cena, and then they chanted, you tapped out. Dan's then said, no, you tapped out. Or so, he said something like that, like, you tapped out when you didn't believe in me or something like that. Yeah, I think he said, he said, the fans tapped out because they didn't believe in me, just like Dominic didn't believe in you or something along. He, he tried to tie it all in. It was a good improv line by, by Theory. I just didn't write it down. Theory then mentioned Cena's warning that the crowd would be all over him, but he wasn't phased because, well, he's on top of the world right now. Theory said that he would beat Ray too tonight and add him to the collection. Ray said the only thing Theory would be collecting is his teeth after I hit you with a 6-1-9. Referee came down and the match started. Match itself went... Nine and a half minutes. So, non-title match, Austin Theory, Rey Mysterio. Theory was in control early until Rey hit a spike DDT, a seated senton, and a springboard crossbody for a two. Theory responded with a spinning rake bomb for a two of his own. Rey then dropped him on the middle rope and set up for a 6-1-9, but Theory leveled him with a clothesline for a two. Theory then went for a rolling drop kick, but Rey blocked it and dropped him on the middle, uh, middle, yeah, middle rope. I don't know why I wrote that weird. Uh, Dominic ran down as Ray went for a 619, but Ray knocked him off the apron. It was not a DQ because Dom never touched him. Ray touched him. And then Ray continued with the 619 attempt, but Theory caught him and hit an eight town down to pick up the victory. So Theory does, in fact, as he said he would, beat Ray Mysterio. What'd you think of the match? I thought the match was all right. Like nothing crazy or anything. Like, like when Austin Theory came out, I thought it was going to be like, I beat Cena at Mania, so how about I face a Hall of Famer at, in Puerto Rico for my United States Championship? Austin Theory, the new legend killer. That's what, that's what I thought like, <laughs> going into this segment. Right. Like, like, did you feel the same way? I thought they were going to set up a U.S. title match in the future. I didn't, yeah, I, I'm, 
I didn't think Puerto Rico because after WrestleMania, I thought it was as we saw tonight. It's most likely Dom and and um, Damian versus Ray and Bad Bunny at Puerto Rico Backlash. But I did think maybe like they'd set up a U.S. title match for next week or something. Because like at first I was thinking like I was theory was gonna say like. I want to beat a, a Hall of Famer, but, I mean, if you really think about it, he's already beaten a Hall of Famer before. He beat Edge, if you think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they really can't go that route. I right. Mean, they could, but but it wouldn't be the same. Exactly. So, afterwards, Dominic hammered away at Ray, and it turned his attention to Bad Bunny. Dom and Bad Bunny got into an argument, and Bad Bunny looked like he was going to slap Dominic. Dom tried to sucker punch him. Bad Bunny blocked it, and he dropped Dom with the right hand. Damian Priest would then come out and yank Bad Bunny over the barricade. He told him he shouldn't have got involved. Bunny then decked Dom again, so Priest clotheslined him. Priest then chokeslammed Bad Bunny through the announce table, and officials ran down to check on him. Dom put the boots to Ray before he and Priest left. So, before... There's still more to this after the break. So... Right, and the officials are checking on Bad Bunny. Corey Graves is trying to get his or get this over big on commentary. He he apologized to all of Bad Bunny's fans for Damian Priest's actions. And then in the back, Adam Pierce approaches Damian Priest. And Damian Priest literally says, because Adam Pierce is like, hey, you can't do that. He was here as a fan. He's not here as a competitor. He's not here to get involved in the show and this and that. You, you can't just put your hands on anybody. And Damian Priest literally looks at Adam Pierce and goes, hey, he's my friend. He's my buddy. So just think what I would have done to him if we aren't friends. And then walks off. And I go, oh, so, so that's what you do to your friends. You put them through tables. Gotcha. It felt, it, that felt kind of weird. It, yeah. Mainly because like, well, they, they did team together at Mania one year yep. against Miz and Morton. Morrison, so it felt kind of weird that now Damien Priest is now just against Bad Bunny. Well, it makes a little sense because Bad Bunny got involved in the Ray match that Dom, that Damien tried to help Dominic cheat in. So in that aspect, it, it makes sense. But the whole, I put him through a table. Just think how hard I would have, just, just think what I would have done to him if I wasn't his friend or if I didn't like him. So it's like, oh, you're that kind of friend. I get it. I get it. Oh, well, you already kind of proved that you don't like him if you put him through a table. Exactly. So as we move forward, we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Great reaction from the live crowd as they came out. Do you deserve it, Chance? Kevin Owens then said, you know what? We do deserve it, but all you guys deserve it too. And the fans started chanting Olay. Also, forgot to mention this on Saturday. But I love Sammy's tights that he wore at Mania and then wore tonight with the PWG logo on it. So cool. Is that old, like, PWG building? Is that still there, or do they tear that down? Well, that's a good question. I don't know if they tore it down. I think it had been sold. I think it was sold, and that's why PWG uses the Globe Theater now. Which is an upgrade for them, for sure. Instead of using a VFW. But... I don't know if it was ever demolished. I just do know that it was sold. I'm pretty sure, like, I saw a clip or something where 
I think it was like you know those like WWE like on the road like type of like videos you see on the network. Right. I think it was like I think it was Kevin Owens. I want. I think it was Kevin Owens, Apollo Crews, and maybe Ali. They were video. They were visiting the old PWG building, and Kevin Owens is mentioning that it was in the process of being torn down at the time. I mean, I rem- I sort of remember that, but I don't know if they actually went through with tearing it down. That's the thing. I remember them saying that it was possibly going to get torn down. I just don't remember if it actually did. I'm trying to look it up right now. Let's see. Um. Um, so what I see here is Preston Gurla has announced that they will be leaving the American Legion. They'll do three final shows. Da, 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 da. They will then be moving to the Globe, Globe Theater. The property that the building sits on was for sale for $1,999,000. Um, so yeah, I don't see, I remember someone saying that it was going to get torn down. I just don't know if I ever saw anything say that it actually did. Well, actually, if this was in, I know we can find out. Google Maps might have an update. Let's see. Um, give me two seconds and I can tell you if it's been torn down. If it's not on Google Maps anymore. Let's go here. Maps. Boom. Put in the address, street view, let's see, is it there, yes or no? All right, this can't be right. This shows the pet boys. That can't be right. That's the right address. But it's not the right area. Google Maps over here, lion. Google Maps over here, lion. But I don't know if it's been torn down, actually. Can't figure it out. Regardless, as far as Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the ring. Um, Sami Zayn said that it's been a crazy year. Going from wrestling Johnny Knoxville last year to winning the main event of WrestleMania. Zayn didn't want to be corny, but he had to tell the fans... That it wouldn't happen without any of them. Zayn knew that LA loved to celebrate, but Owens hoped that they had the same kind of celebration in mind. Owens thought they should celebrate with a fight. Zayn seemed to be fine with that. Owens wondered who wanted to take them on. The ninth. And out would come the Street Profits, the winners of the men's showcase match. Montez Ford toasted them on becoming the new tag team champions. Angelo Dawkins said that they also won a match at WrestleMania and issued a challenge for the titles tonight. Ford emphasized that that Ford emphasized that they really want this challenge and said that they want the smoke. So there we go. The match was made official. And before the match took place, they showed three members of the cast of that show Bel Air on Peacock. I guess they just got renewed for a season three. Cool. I watched season one. Wasn't a bad show, but nothing really the show didn't interest me enough to go back and watch season two. Like I said, I liked season one. I thought it was pretty good, but it, I didn't like it, I guess, enough to want to even go back and watch season two. So season three, I'm way, bar, way far behind now. But nothing really happened in the segment. What did you think, though? 
Originally, I thought it was going to be a tag team from NXT that was going to like debut tonight. That would have been cool. I thought it was going to be someone like maybe the Creed Brothers or Pretty Deadly. But if you think about it, Street Profits made sense because, you know, they won that tag team turmoil at Mania. So they just said, you know what, we'll just get in the we'll just have them fight Kevin and Sammy tonight then. So you say that it makes sense because they won the showcase. Yet the winners of the women's showcase didn't even get an opportunity to be in a number one contenders match tonight which is weird. And I'll talk about more of that here in a minute when we get to that match because there's some rumors going around about Shayna Baszler. As far as this match, well, go for it, go for it. Well, it's not like, weren't there like reports before Mania that Ronda was supposed to be taking time off away from WWE for a little bit after Mania? Not that I heard, but Ronda's dealing with a, a knee problem and a messed up arm. Because Ronda's got so a... Maybe, go for it. So maybe like that's why they didn't do like title shot because maybe if they weren't going to be back anytime soon, well, they just decide we'll just do a number one contenders match tonight. It's just the weird thing is Ronda worked the match with the broken arm or the messed up arm at WrestleMania. So it's like, why have them win if, I don't know. It's very confusing. There's also fans online thought that it looked like Shayna may have broke her ankle or hurt her ankle in the match as well. So no one reported that. Like there's been no reports that Shayna suffered an, in, an injury. But fans after the match were like, Shayna's limping. Shayna looks hurt. I don't know. I mean, it could be just her no selling it. Yeah. So as far as this match does go in 13 minutes, and it was really good. They wrestled for about four minutes. Nothing really happened in those four minutes, and then we went to a break. After the break, Zayn made a hot tag followed by, uh, following the break and hit forward with the Tornado GDT and a flip dive on both profits. Zayn followed this up with the Sunset Flip Powerbomb and got a two off of it. Dawkins got tagged in and gave Zayn a big double-team blockbuster, but Owens broke up the pin attempt. Zayn gave Ford an exploder into the buckles, and Owens followed this up with a cannonball and a senton bomb, but Dawkins broke up the pin. Ford then wiped out Owens and Zayn with a flip dive, but Owens dodged a frog splash attempt. Owens then gave him a frog splash, and Zayn followed this up with a haluva kick to pick up the victory. So there we go. Tag Team Champions retain the belts. It's a good match. Oh, yeah. Wasn't complaining too much. Was this the longest match of the night? I'm trying to look. I think it was. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it was just under 13, or just under 12, uh, just above 12 minutes. So, yeah, it was the longest match of the night. I want to say it was the only match. Yes, it was the only match that went over 10 minutes. Because Ray in theory was like 9.30. But really good match. I, I enjoyed it. You know what I didn't enjoy? Seth frickin' Rollins. What? Seth frickin' Rollins. I love that Seth Rollins. That was bull crap. <laughs> that was so much bull crap. So I, I love Seth Rollins. I've been a Seth Rollins fan since he was Tyler Black in, in Ring of Honor. So I'm not saying that I don't like Seth Rollins. They need to kill whatever this character is because it sucks big old balls. And I'm not talking about Mrs. Balls. This fucking character sucks! They need to go back to whatever the old Seth Rollins was, whether a heel or a babyface. 
But this goofball nut job wackadoodle, uh-uh, ain't doing it. God damn. He gets interviewed by Kathy Kelly, and he just goes, ah, hey, and he looks like a bug with them fucking glasses on his face. And he kind of talks about Logan Paul and KSI. And then he says he didn't want to party backstage. Play the music. And then we go to break. We come back from break. And the fans, oh, oh, and he's just in the ring like this. And the next thing we know, he gets out of the goddamn ring and walks to the back and that's it. These fucking people in L.A. had to sit there for three and a half to four minutes singing his song for this goddamn guy to just walk out on him. Fuck you, whoever booked this segment. God, this sucked. I mean, the one thing about the Seth Rollins character currently that it goes well with like the live crowd because the live crowd gets into it pretty well. Like they like the theme song. They like how they go like the, oh, 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 like it goes so well with the live crowd. But if you're sitting at home, it makes it feel a little goofy. If that makes sense. I mean, they sing Sammy's song. No different. Oh, 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 yeah, but you don't see Sammy like acting goofy anymore, though. True, Sammy's true. all serious now. Yeah. But God, did this fucking suck. You know what? Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to message somebody that I know was there. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get a reaction. And, uh, and uh, uh, I'm going to see if I can get a gauge off the crowd from this. What? Was the crowd reaction live when Seth just, when Seth came to the ring and then left right after the commercial? All right, let's see if, let's see if, I, get a, if, a, if I get a response back. Baby Huey was there. Him and Brian Tronic. So I just texted Baby Huey. See if see what he says. Because I texted him during Mania. And because he was in the press box. He couldn't gauge the crowd that much. But I don't know if he was in a press box or not. But if I remember correctly. Last time it was at Crypto.com Arena. But this was years ago when it was Staples Center. Their press boxes and stuff aren't enclosed. So you can hear the crowd and engage the crowd better. So we'll see if Baby Huey responds and, and gets back to me. But I want to know what, what he thought. And then what maybe the crowd reacted like when Seth just... Walked out. We'll see. We'll see. But that was bullshit. That was dumb as fuck. <clears throat> also, speaking of Baby Huey, for those of you who haven't seen his interviews that he made like over WrestleMania weekend, I highly recommend watching those. Yeah, I in- I uh, edited them all. I'm his editor. Great interviews. Great, great, great interviews. Um, where were we? What happened next? So. Bobby Lashley's in the back, and he admitted that he was frustrated not being able to actually work a match at WrestleMania. He said that, yeah, he got to go out there with his trophy and everything, but it's just not the same. Bronson Reed then approached him and had some words like he wanted to fight. He's like, hey, you, I can learn a lot from you, whether it's as a mentor or as an opponent. And this and that, he goes, well, you want to fight? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't do it tonight. No. And so... He's like, oh, okay. So Bronson Reed leaves. 
Ali then shows up, Mustafa Ali, and was like, you shouldn't take no for an answer. You should not let people tell you no. And then he's like, okay, well, how about I fight you right now? I'll throw you in the ring. And he goes, no. And he goes, you said not take no, let's go. And he takes all and he throws him down into the ring. He's like, I'm just trying to help you. Ref comes down, they make an official match, goes 37 seconds, he puts him in the hurt lock, and he taps out. That's all it was. That's all it was. So, yeah. Poor, poor Ali, man. Yeah, I know. Like, I thought he was going to be one of those guys that Triple H was going to, like, push a little bit, like, after Mania. Well, don't get me started on that. I don't know, but it, it was just weird. Uh, Magma Lord, check our YouTube channel because we reported that earlier. Uh, rest in peace, Bushwhacker Luke or Butch, Bushwhacker Butch. But I so yeah, I guess they're now gonna do a Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley rivalry, which cool, be fun. Heck yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. I'll do that in Puerto Rico, right? That'd be a good match for the pay per view. How many weeks do we have to the pay per view? It's a whole month actually. Because it's not till May 6th. So we have one, two, three, four more Monday Night Raws, five SmackDowns till Backlash. And right now, really, we only, we can only, I don't want to say we know because we don't know because it hasn't been announced. But I think really there's only two matches that we can predict. The Bad Bunny, Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Day match. I'm 99% sure that's happening. Because, um, I don't know if you saw the press conference for WrestleMania and whatever it was after um, night one. It was after night one. They asked Triple H, so we know Bad Bunny's the host of WrestleMania. Is he going to wrestle? And Triple H kind of non-answered. He just like smiled and tried not to laugh. And yeah. So he basically told us in that press conference, oh, Bad Bunny's going to have a match without saying Bad Bunny's going to have a match because he tried so hard not to say it. So, yeah. And then Roman and or, uh, Cody and Brock looks very possible for the pay-per-view as well. Who in the back? Uh, Go for it. Someone in the YouTube chat said no Finn Balor. Well, Finn Balor's like has a pretty bad cut on his head. So Triple H said he was fine. I mean, the cut... Wasn't, I'll say that the cut was bad, but it wasn't bad to the point that they had to stop the match or anything. They literally stapled his head during the match and said, go finish. But Triple H said, I literally, because he was asked about Finn. He goes, I literally just saw him before I walked into the room here. He's fine. He's perfectly fine. Oh, I. Is it, like, bad enough where they have to have, like, stitches or something, or do they just staple it back together? Staples. Stitches aren't going to... The cut was so deep and wide, stitches stitches aren't going to work. They had to staple it. At least that's my... What I think. Because I had a friend in high school that got a cut on his head really bad like that, and they were like, oh, yeah, your cut's too bad. You're too big for for stitches. Stitches will just pop right back out because the stitches... Stitches are good for smaller cuts, but cuts like that, staples is what they got to do. So, yeah. This is what I know from a friend that got a bad cut on his head in high school. Riding dirt bikes, didn't have his helmet on, 
crashed the bike, hit a rock, split his head open. He was fine. He just had a pretty good gasher on the top of his head. Wear your helmets, kids. Wear your helmets, especially on a dirt bike. Um, where was I? Go to the back. Roman asked Heyman if the Usos have left. He's like, if the cousins left? And Heyman's like, yes, they're on the jet. Which, that was weird. Because he asked him earlier the same thing, and Heyman's like, yeah, I took care of it. So I don't know why he had to ask him again. Reigns then asked Heyman, did you know Lesnar was going to be here tonight? Did you know Brock was going to be here? And Heyman's like, um, uh, well, yeah, it's the night after WrestleMania. This is usually when Brock takes a six-month to nine-month break. So, no, I didn't. Reigns seemed frustrated with Paul for a minute. Frustrated that this was happening to him. But said that he would smash Lesnar just like he's done before. And then smash Rhodes like he did last night. He said after this is all done, he would tag with Solo. And he'd find out if he was actually ready. Remember last week, or two weeks ago now, maybe it was just last week, when Cody was like, I've been in your shoes, standing next to the world champion. You ain't ready. Just like I wasn't ready. So, go for it. So, like one thing I was thinking, like if Cody would have won at Mania, like the first match that I would have predicted for him to be his first challenger for the belt was Solo. Wouldn't have been a bad idea. Because it was our, it's already like kind of like played out. Cody keeps saying, You're not ready. You're not ready. And Solo gets mm-hmm. upset and stuff and tries to like destroy everybody in his path and be like, like Am I ready now? But the one thing about that that the fans wouldn't like, Cody already beat Solo. Yeah, but like. But no, it would make yeah, sense but- for sure. It would make sense. It would make sense. So what didn't really kind of makes sense was Bianca and Rhea. Basically, this whole segment was to tell us these are the future of the women's division. We want these two to have a match against each other, but it can't just be a random regular whatever match. It's got to be a big time WrestleMania match. That's basically what this segment was. To tell us these two women are going to fight one day, but it's most likely not going to happen unless it's a WrestleMania match. So, Bianca comes out, good reaction from the crowd, and she tries to put over Asuka. She goes, you know, I always say I want to fight the best, and Asuka is one of the best. Asuka is great. And the fans start booing when she mentions Asuka. And she literally loses her cool. No, not, no that's the wrong thing to say. She gets a little flustered because she was expecting, oh, if I talk good on Asuka, the fans are going to cheer. But then they booed, and she goes, no, no, no. Let's give it up for Asuka. Like, I'm telling you that Asuka's good. So that was weird. You can tell that she tried to, like, pivot there and and play off the crowd. And then out would come Rhea. Rhea would make her way out to the ring, and she's like, yeah, you know, you're the EST because you're the luckiest person in WWE. You're lucky because after my big win at, Rest- at Royal Rumble, I decided to fight Charlotte instead of you. Ripley told Belair, they would do this one day. Ripley will beat her like she beat Charlotte. Crowd starts chanting, Mommy. Belair goes, oh, so you're calling me lucky because you didn't fight me? 
Well, as I say, I want to fight the best, and I do want to fight you one day. They kept saying, one day. Belair said she'd be happy to get in the ring with Bianca one day when you're ready. As she said, when you're ready. Quote, also, she said, we'll see which one of us is the best of the best. Ripley smiled, walked away. Liv and Raquel then came out for their upcoming match. Raquel and... um. Rhea had a face-to-face little stare down for a second. And then they went their separate ways. And Bianca hugged each woman and then left as well. Again, a nothing happening goddamn segment that didn't even need to be there. What do you think of this? I mean, well, we've actually seen Rhea and Bianca fight against each other in the past. And they, they always work well together. Yeah. And with the whole like Raquel thing. That's basically kind of telling us that maybe Raquel's going to be Rhea's first challenger for the belt. Mm, I thought that too in the moment, and then they won the tag, the number one contender match to get the tag title shot. So I don't see them getting a tag title shot and then Rhea being the first, or Raquel being the first challenger for Rhea. Because unless, just, Rhea, unless Rhea screws them over, mm, doubt it. I mean, I thought it too when they had the little stare down. I go, oh. Damage Control's going to win, become number one contenders, and then Raquel's going to go to SmackDown and challenge Rhea. Exactly what I thought was going to happen. But when Raquel and Liv won, I go, oh, well, that ain't going to happen. That No. Because they're not going to have either Raquel lose to the tag champions and then challenge Rhea, or become a tag champion and challenge Rhea. So I think that's off the table for now. I think it's something they want to do eventually. And that was a tease for something far down the road. Remember, they had and great like, matches in NXT. And as far as like Bianca goes, I have no clue who's going to beat Bianca for the belt. I, I honestly thought Asuka was going to beat her at Mania. Yeah, I don't even know who challenges her at this point. Like, do we? She's kind of beating everybody now. I, I'm pulling up. The, think about it. I'm pulling up the Raw roster right now because I'm kind of dumbfounded on who can challenge her. Let's see. Uh, Raw roster. We have Alexa Bliss, she beat her. Asuka, she beat her. Uh, Bailey, she beat her. Becky, she beat her. Carmella, she beat her. She hasn't beat Candice LeRae. She hasn't beat Dana Brooke. But Dana like, Brooke ain't beating her. I don't even see those two as challengers. Same with Mia Yim. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they can build up Mia Yim. But if I'm looking at the Raw roster, Mia Yim is the only one. And I'm going off of like, because Mia Yim has been a world champion in other promotions, and Mia Yim is, if used right, could be a top female in the company, if used right. But she really hasn't been since returning to WWE. So it's like, I would love to see Bianca versus Mia Yim, because that match would be Oh my God, good. I think Bianca and Mia Yim would have the possible would possibly be better than Bianca and Asuka was. If Mia Yim can be the Mia Yim we've seen in the past in like impact and stuff. Mia Yim's fantastic. Well, yeah. She also really hasn't been used much after the whole like OC thing. Well, they all kind of got put on the shelf when AJ got hurt. Which, when the hell's that guy coming back? Maybe next week? Maybe. 
Maybe SmackDown. Maybe they move the LC to SmackDown. Oh, the, I mean, uh, the, 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 uh, the only person I can really think of that could, like, maybe beat Bianca, maybe Roxanne Perez if they call her up to the main roster. Mm, give her a, mm, wow, okay. Tonight would have been perfect. Give her a page moment. Night after WrestleMania, she debuts on the main roster, and boom, challenge and beat. That would have been cool. Other member of the Raw roster that Bianca hasn't beat, Amina Snuka. But like, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's a little early to to put Roxanne on the main roster. Here's my issue. She's still like, because she's still so young, where you could still like use her a little bit longer in NXT before Here, you put her on the main roster. Here's my issue with Roxanne. I can say that Roxanne is one of the five best women they probably have in the ring, bell to bell. But her promo work needs so much work. Like when she did that. I don't know if you watched NXT last week, but when she did that segment with Shawn Michaels where she was like, but I need to be in the ladder match. I need to be in the match for the women's championship. I want to represent all the other girls and women that have anxiety like me and show them that I can overcome. Like it felt like something straight out of saved by the bell from 1994 after after school. Like it was not good. It was bad. Bad acting. It was, I was given lines, and I'm trying to remember every single line and not make it seem like I'm just reciting lines, and it was so bad. Like, her promo work and her, quote-unquote, acting needs a lot of work before she comes to the main roster. Other than that, uh, go for it. Someone in the Twitch chat said Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton should win the NXT Championship first. Hey. Indy Hartwell, forever champion. I was shocked that she won. I was shocked, and I was elated. All to see, you know how happy I was when Indy won, especially because Dexter helped her. Man, I loved it. I loved it. No, I honestly thought that this was probably going to be Indy Hartwell's like last match in NXT. So did I to the main roster Uh because I thought they were going to they were going to finally put her with Candice LeRae. Tag team champions. Dexter and, and Johnny. <laughs> and they were going to like reform like the way. Yes. I, without Austin Theory. I've just been sitting here waiting since Candice returned. Where's Indy? Where's Indy? Where's Indy? Nope. And then to go back to stand and deliver really fast. After Johnny's match, when Indy and Dexter came out and all four of them were on the, the ramp together on the stage, I cried. I'll say it. I cried. Just like I cried last night when Cody frickin' Rhodes gave Brody Jr. his belt. Man, I ugly cried when Cody gave Brody the belt. And that's another thing. Like, when he gave Cody, like Brody Lee Jr. the that belt, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm now convinced that like Cody's for sure winning any yeah. loss. And I'm like, God dang it. That's like when John Cena came out with the Make-A-Wish kids and he lost to Austin Theory. Yeah, I kind of assumed Theory would win, though. But, um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, like I said last night, missed opportunity at WrestleMania. Solo took the belt from Brody, and they didn't show it. And you know, old Brody would have played it up on camera, too. And they could have trusted that boy to actually play it up and be like, no, you're not taking this from me. And then Solo snatches it from him. 
You know that would have been cool and great and awesome, and Brody Jr. would have done tremendous there. But instead, all of a sudden, Solo's just got the weight belt. So what are we supposed to think? Brody Jr. just gave it to Solo? I don't know. I'm looking too much into it. Also, we got a super chat in the YouTube chat. Tyreek Warren says, Is Judgment Day moving to SmackDown? Do you know? I think there's a very good chance that they are because Rhea's the champion there. Also, and it doesn't matter. The brand split's fucked up anyways. They are now feuding with Ray. Well, they're still feuding with Ray. So it just makes sense to do the whole Ray, Bad Bunny, Dom, Damien story on SmackDown. But there is a good chance they all move to SmackDown. It hasn't been said officially that they're moving to SmackDown. But Mommy's the SmackDown champion, so at least she's got to be there. Right. But yeah, moving forward. No Bailey. According to Fightful, Bailey was supposed to come out with Dakota and EO, and last minute they pulled her. They told her no. They were like, well, well, what it says was, and I can read it right here. Let me see. I'll read you verbatim what Fightful wrote. Fightful did write. We're told Dakota and Dakota Kai and EO Sky versus Liv Morgan uh, is now planned for the show. Bailey was scheduled for the show, accompanying damage control. For some reason, she was cut at the last minute. I don't know what's going on. Fightful had a lot of things that they said were changed because I think Legato Del Fantasma was also supposed to be involved in the show tonight, and then that got cut as well. I think it's pretty cool that they brought back Latino World Order. Mm-hmm. They actually had for sale at WrestleMania a new version of the LWO shirt that I've never seen before, which is kind of cool. Let me see if I can find that photo. I think Ryan Satin tweeted it. Let me see. Let me see. Um, Where is it? Oh, did I? Yeah, here it is. Here it is. This is really cool. Ryan Satin tweeted this photo. Pull it up on the screen here. I've never seen this LWO shirt before, but he said, have they been selling this all weekend? It's pretty dope. I guess it's supposed to be like a United, a U.S. flag or something like that. With, you know, the blue and then the stripes. That's kind of cool. New variant of the LWO shirt. Yeah. As far as this, go for it. I was I was thinking maybe they were gonna do LWO versus Judgment Day That'd be eventually, fun. but I don't know. But you also gotta think those are there's only like like three male wrestlers on Judgment Day, and there's a four in LWO, like including Ray. So it's like how can you really do that? Unless that, Ray sits out. Right. Um Kid Vicious says, Didn't the LWO used to be a dominant faction in WCW? I wouldn't call him dominant. Basically, it was just a way to get a bunch of Mexican stars in one group together on TV. I wouldn't call them dominant. It was a good mid-card faction, though. Yes. So, this match went, what, not even two minutes before we went to break? A seven-minute match in total? 
Also, um, and also, go for it. I forgot to mention this though. I think it's cool that like you know back at WCW, like like Ray wanted nothing to do with LWO, mm-hmm. and now like years later, mm-hmm. he's now the leader. Technically, yeah. So I think that. So I think that's kind of cool. Um. So there was not a lot of heat from the crowd during this match because apparently there was a beach ball going around and the fans were distracted with the beach ball. Wouldn't be a Raw after WrestleMania without a beach ball sighting. But fans allowed to do that, though? I mean, technically they shouldn't, but I don't know. They ain't gonna... I mean, mean, the metal detector's not gonna find it if it ain't blown up yet. You put it in your pants or under your shirt or something. Right, but... I didn't know at WWE events you can really like throw throw around a beach ball or like any sporting event. Well, soccer, it's a big thing. I know that. But for WWE, I mean, it, it happens. Remember when Cesaro jumped in the crowd to rip up a beach ball? I don't think I remember that. Oh, Lord, no. So they had done like two or three nights in the same city. I can't remember exactly when this was. Chat. Remind me, when was this? But there was this uh, match, and it was the bar versus somebody. And the beach ball was going around, and they were not watching the match at all. At all. So freaking Claudio, Cesaro at the time, jumps over the barricade, into the crowd, grabs the beach ball, and just rips it in two. And then goes back and finishes the match. It was awesome. I can't remember when it was. Hold on. This is going to be super easy to do. Google too. Sorrow Beach Ball. Was. Let's see. Like 2015. SummerSlam 2015. I think it was. We fight. It was the bar against 2015. The bar they were a thing in 2015. That's when like no, I think that was when like Cesaro was like a big singles guy. Not 2015. I did the math wrong. I did the math wrong. It's one zero. 2017. 2017. I did the math wrong. I thought it said something else. It was the bar versus day right now. Um, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins against Cesaro and Sheamus for the tag titles, the raw tag titles. So the crowd is just all worried about this beach ball. And they had already been in the town for like, I want to say SmackDown as well. And the beach ball thing may have happened. And so he literally jumps into the crowd. I wish I could play the clip, but we'll get in trouble and demonetized for this video. But he jumps into the crowd, grabs the beach ball, rips it in half. And then they just go on their merry way with the rest of the match. Yeah, that was 2017, SummerSlam. So uh, Raquel fought off both women at one point of damage control, 
and tackled Kai into Sky, which sent Sky off the apron. Rodriguez then gave Kai to Hanobam, and Morgan followed this up with the Oblivion to pick up the victory. Again, about a minute and a half in, they go to break. They go to a three to four minute commercial. So right there, there's five, six minutes. And then they come back and there's like a minute and a half, two minutes on TV. That was it. That was it. We saw nothing of this match, really. Then they announced afterward. Go for it. I mean, I wasn't really shocked damage control loss because, I mean, they've already been a tag title picture for quite some time now. So it's probably their way of trying to put someone new in there. Yeah. And they announced announced Lita Lita and Becky will be defending the titles next week. Also, and now the question is like, how much longer will like Lita like, like be kind of like an active member on the roster? Like that's the real question. You see that black eye Lita sporting? Yeah, that thing looked gnarly. Also, okay, so I can't play the video video of this, but Dan Mullinax, you're completely wrong. It was not WrestleMania. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this as like screenshots. Watch, this is the incident. So, it's a SummerSlam 2017. And we know it's SummerSlam because, look, those are the little SummerSlam 2017 graphics. That's Sheamus. That's Seth Rollins. Cesaro then runs into the crowd, grabs the beach ball, and rips it in half. And then goes on and finishes the match. SummerSlam. Not WrestleMania, Dan Mullinex. As we move forward, maybe Cesaro was just pissed off that fans were more interested in the beach ball more than well, the actual match. If I remember correctly, it had been a thing like the week or the couple of days before or something. It had been a thing not many days before or the week before or something like that, that they were finally just like, screw it. I mean, if you want to get in the weeds, Cesaro talked about it on the New Day podcast, why he hates beach balls. I can read that quote right here. He literally said, I mean, it's, it's a two-second quote, but um, um, he literally said, oh, no, I can't find it. Um, he just, he said, I just wanted to pop, uh, be, uh, I was just proud of myself. That was the one moment when you're like, no, no. This is not on my watch, and it was awesome. So, yeah. He was like, hey, they're not going to pay attention to my match? I'm going to make them pay attention to my match. So, moving forward. And Cesaro, what? And, Go for it. And he was a heel at the time, yep. so. Played imperfect. Sense. Yep. Then the Miz comes out. And the Miz complains basically about WrestleMania and these impromptu matches. And then he goes, and I beat Shane McMahon so bad he couldn't even finish. I, I, I laughed pretty hard at that line because Miz did nothing. Miz then talked about Snoop Dogg doing the worst ever people's elbow. And then he's like, I'm sick of surprises and people coming out when they're not supposed to. And I go, okay, who's coming out? And out came the returning Matt Riddle. Crowd chanted. This return, 
is long overdue. He should have been back oh, yeah. by Royal Rumble. Yeah. So. Yeah, he should have. Crowd chanted, bro. And Riddle asked the crowd if they missed him. Miz then went to deck him and kind of knocked him down. Riddle then got up, kicked him, hit him with a knee strike, and then a bro, Derek. That was it. Riddle's back. The only surprise of the entire night. I was honestly kind of shocked there was no NXT call-ups tonight. Yeah, so was I. Not even one. No call If you really think about it. Go for it. I mean, if, if you think about it, though, there's there's really not a lot of people that you can really call up. Like, like Carmelo Hayes, for example. Like, I know there was rumors that he was going to get called up. Right. He's now NXT champion. Yeah. Also, sue me in the YouTube chat. You're wrong. You're way wrong. He says, so Riddle returned, so will Randy. According to WWE PR, Randy is still months away from being ready to return. And I thought tonight tonight would have been a cool way to bring him back. It would have. Cameron Grimes should be ready. Like, they've been talking about bringing Cameron Grimes to the main roster for a while. So that would have been a call-up. But, I mean, it was weird that they didn't either have a call-up per se or a video to tease a call-up, because that would have been fine as well. I would have been okay with a, uh, a teaser video being like, oh, Cameron Grimes and his money are coming in two weeks, or they're coming next week, or they're coming soon. Just tell us something. Uh, Magnor said no Braun Breaker. Um, I kind of feel like the reason why they're, they're waiting on Braun Breaker, because they probably wanted to do some stuff in NXT without the NXT Championship. I mean... I know this is looking too much into it, and maybe they only did this because when the graphic went out, he was the current champion. He is front and center on the battleground poster. But again, he was the champion when the poster and the announcement was made. So it's like you kind of got to put him on there for now, and you can change it later. So maybe he gets a rematch against Carmelo at battleground, but that's not for a month and a half. That's not till the end of May. So that's a long time to build up that rematch. And they probably also want like a proper send-off for him since he was NXT champion for like about a year. Well, I think the Carmelo Hayes would have been a proper send-off with the finish as far as him taking the belt, handing it to Carmelo, symbolizing this is your NXT now, and raising Carmelo's hand. So that would have been a great send-off right there because they had a freaking great match. Wasn't a, a super, super great match like we come accustomed to with some of these NXT matches. I thought um I thought on Stand and Deliver Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller was better, but still really, really, really good main event. Anyways, Tory Graves announces that Bad Bunny has been taken to a local medical facility and he suffered a separated shoulder. Graves would again apologize to the fans of Bad Bunny. Byron Saxton would then interview Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus. And ooh, I got to pull this picture up. If you didn't see it, man, Lito with a just gnarly black eye. Look at this black eye on Lita. And this isn't makeup. This is a gnarly black eye. Like, look at that black eye. She almost couldn't open the eye 
You can't tell from this angle, but her left eye fully open. Her right eye looked like three quarters of the way shut, if not more, like almost 90%. She looked like she almost couldn't open it. Anyways. Um, Byron interviews the three of them. Lita was in a good mood. Lynch was happy to be done with the fools of damage control and their new goals will be elevating the women's tag team division. He said beating Morgan and Rodriguez would be a great start. As they left, Saxton wanted a fist bump, but Trish turned him down. Nothing really here just to say, hey, we're here. So as far as next week's Monday Night Raw does go, Lita and Becky will be defending the titles against Liv Morgan and Miz, or Liv Morgan and Rodriguez, and Miz will take on Matt Riddle. So there is 20 minutes left in the show at this point, and I wrote some numbers and some times down. That's very interesting. So, and this is all. Um, Pacific time, of course. At 7.41 p.m., Roman and Solo enter the ring. Three minutes later, at 7.44 p.m., they go to commercial break. Three minutes later, we come back at 10 or at 7.47, and Cody enters the ring. Two minutes later, at 7.49, Brock enters the ring. One minute later, at 10 or 7.50, they do the wrestler intros in the ring. They introduce every person separate. Then two minutes later, at 7.52, Brock grabs Cody and hits him with the first F5. Yep, you heard me right. So we're setting up for this match. It's supposed to be Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa against Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. But instead of the match taking place, they do the ring intros. Brock then grabs Cody and hits him with an F5. He then grabs him and hits him with a second F5 as the crowd is booing loudly. Lesnar then hits him with a high-angle suplex and drives Rhodes into the barricade. He suplexes him into the timekeeper's area and smashes him across the back with a steel chair. Lesnar then hits Rhodes in the face with the steel steps and puts him through the announce table with an F5. Officials then run down, but they're too afraid of Brock to actually do anything. They're too afraid of Brock to actually get in the way and stop him. They kind of check on Cody as Brock begins to leave. Oh no, I missed the spot. Brock throws the steel steps in the ring and gives Cody one more F5 on the steel steps. Then everybody starts checking on Cody. Brock goes to leave, and then he comes back. Lesnar chases everybody off and repeatedly continues to hit Cody with a steel chair. Lesnar then chokes Cody with the edge of the chair and yells at, at, the, at the whoever he's yelling at, I don't know, the officials, but they bleeped it out. Lesnar then leaves, and the officials come to check Cody. All of a sudden, Brock appears again, pulling off of his gloves, throwing his gloves camera then runs up I think it's Stu I don't know Stu was there runs up the ramp at Brock and Brock is just like this flipping him off they go back to the ring 
The crowd's kind of buzzing, like they don't know how to react. And they go off with Adam Pierce yelling that we got to get Cody on the stretcher. So there we go. Brock Lesnar turns heel, attacks Cody Rhodes, doesn't just attack Cody Rhodes, beats the ever-loving dog piss out of Cody Rhodes, and ends the show with the F.U. double bird. What did you think of this whole beatdown close of the show? This beatdown went seven minutes, I want to say, with nobody helping Cody. So when the match was about to start, like I looked at the time and it was like, there's like seven minutes left. So I felt like someone was like going to get attacked or the match was just going to be like super short. Mm-hmm. And well, Brock Lesnar basically just attacked Cody. So my guess is they're probably going to, this is probably WWE's way of like trying to like wait, it, wait out to do another like Cody versus Roman rematch. Right. The funny thing about all this, Brian Tronic tweeted out, man, this show has been bad. And this was before the main event. This was at 734. None of this main event stuff started till 741, like with the intros and stuff. He tweeted out, man, this show has been bad. Keep in mind, he was there live. I then respond to Brian's tweet and go, oh, it's felt so off at this point. I would not be shocked if Brock turns on Cody. Like I said that 20 minutes before it even happened. So, yeah. I I I assume maybe this is the backlash match. WWE did end up posting a video after Raw of Cody refusing the um stretcher, wanting to walk off on his own. So yeah, I assume this will probably be the main event. Yeah. I If Roman doesn't work it, yeah. I would pretty much assume that as well. And if Roman does work it, like who's Roman going to face? I'm trying to think, somebody from SmackDown probably. Let's pull up the SmackDown roster. It's a good question. If Cody's not the next challenger, who could be? Who could be? We pull up. I mean, maybe, a, maybe a returning AJ. I wouldn't mind it, but I wouldn't like it all that much because AJ wasn't really doing much before, anyways. But if we look at the SmackDown roster, because for some reason I just feel like it's gonna be somebody from SmackDown. There's nobody. There's nobody. I'm looking at the SmackDown roster and I go, he's already beat Drew. I don't think it's going to be Sheamus. There's nobody. There's nobody for Roman to face. Holy crap. This is scary. Yeah, they need to switch this belt because there's nobody. There's nobody on SmackDown. I mean, the only name that sits here, the only big, the only ones that would make any sense, maybe. Karrion Cross he hasn't beat in a singles match. Right at all, actually. Or Sheamus. So if we look at Raw. I mean, AJ would make some sense. Lashley? Maybe? Bobby? 
Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they can do that at Backlash. Ooh. No, he lost in Hell in a Cell. I was going to say, if Finn had won Hell in a Cell, he then goes to SmackDown with Rhea and challenges Roman. Finn and uh, Roman would be really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared right now, legitimately, because there's, like, nobody. I mean, it's been, what, two years now? Since the Seth match, maybe a year and a half. So maybe they can do Seth again. They got to put that title on Cody. Like, they got to do it. There's literally no challengers for Roman. Which is not good. Damn. And when there's no challengers left, that means you have to, like, take the belts off of him. Or bring somebody up and push him really hard, really fast. But who? Braun Breaker. Or, or sign somebody. And I don't even think Jay White's the right guy. I think Jay White is straight to main roster kind of guy, but not challenge for the world title right off the bat kind of guy. Even AJ had to wait till SummerSlam. Well, yeah. Well, Jay White should honestly win the United States belt before challenging for the Agree. world title. Agree. Either oh. United States or Intercontinental. One of them too. Oh, at this point, they're never beating Gunther. <laughs> at this point, they're never beating Gunther for that belt. I honestly thought of a good way to take that belt off Gunther. Don't tell me Roman. Don't tell me Roman. No, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> so, like, let's say at, if they decide to do another Clash at the Castle, they do Ilya Dragunov versus Gunther. Do that as, like, your, as like a big Intercontinental title match at Clash of the Castle and have Dragunov win. So, I don't think, at least this year, I don't think they're going to do another Clash of the Castle. But they do have money in the bank in London. So that I mean, I think Dragunov. I think Dragunov's ready for the main roster. I think he is. I think he's one of those guys that could have a lot of success on SmackDown. Not Dragunov. Not Dragunov. Who's better than Dragunov from that UK group? Who Tyler Bate? Yeah, buddy. Tyler Bate is one of the best wrestlers they have. Bell to Bell. I think it was who was it? Carmelo Hayes said it. That Tyler Bate's one of the best we have. He said it uh, in Baby Huey's interview. Go watch it. He basically was like, yeah, Tyler Bates, one of the best we have. I've told him that before. <laughs> he literally was like, I told him, you're one of the best wrestlers we have. I'm 99%. Yeah. It was the Carmelo Hayes interview because the only two NXT wrestlers Huey spoke with were Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller. And Grayson Waller wasn't putting anybody over. So, yeah, it was Carmelo Hayes. Grayson Waller just gave Baby Huey some uh, date nap tips. I mean, you want to use my profile pics? <laughs> oh, trust me. You know how many times I've watched those videos? I was up till like 6 o'clock in the morning editing those things for them. Anyways, that's Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen. Go for it. I mean, if you haven't seen that Tyler Bay versus like Gunther back in NXT UK or Progress, mm-hmm. just imagine if they did that match in like, in like a bigger stage in London. London at the O2 for Money in the Bank. That'd be great. I mean, what else do they have left for Tyler Bate in NXT? Keep teaming with Chase U? No. Bring that guy to the main roster. Give me, give me freaking Tyler Bate and Butch as a number one contenders match for the Intercontinental title. Tyler Bate wins and then challenges him in London. 
I booked it for you. You're welcome, Triple H. But with that, guys, that was Friday Night SmackDown. Or not Friday Night SmackDown. Now we're thinking SmackDown and the IC title. That was Monday Night Raw. That was Monday Night Raw. And so, uh, Stephen Amell, who used to play the Green Arrow on Arrow, and is now on the best show about wrestling ever made, Heels, the best scripted show about wrestling ever made, Heels, sent out a tweet and said, I'd like to thank WWE for ruining my life on two consecutive nights. Now, do you understand why WWE has ruined his night two nights in a row? I don't know. Because, like, him and Cody are really, really close. And Cody got his ass beat and beaten two nights in a row. I do remember they worked together in a match back in SummerSlam when Cody was Stardust. That's when they became really good friends. They worked the match. He teamed with Neville, now Pac. He's Pac. And I can't remember who Cody teamed with. But Cody teamed with somebody. And they had that SummerSlam match. And ever since then, him and Stephen Amell have been so close that he put Stephen Amell on that all-in show against Christopher Daniels. Wasn't Stephen Amell also in Bullet Club at like some point? Right, yeah. During that whole time. You can you can go, or I don't know if you can buy it anymore, but they had a... You know how they have all the different versions of the Bullet Club shirt for different members? Well, they had one for him that said Vigilante Club, and he had like a green arrow mask on. But yeah, I love that. Stephen Amell's like, I'd like to thank WWE for ruining my life two consecutive nights in a row. That's great. That's great. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, guys, we'll be back on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Remember, Tony Khan has a very special, important announcement. Something like that. Hold on. What are they hyping up this bullshit on AEW? One of these Tony Khan things. They are saying Tony Khan has a. Where is it? Where is it? Tony Khan has a very important announcement this Wednesday on Dynamite. So we'll talk about it all this Wednesday. We'll tell you guys what he actually says. Is it a streaming deal? Is it the video game? Are they announcing the London date? I don't know. But we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. With that, guys, have a great night. And we will see you later. Have a good one.